0: Uh, this is the entrepreneurial half hour. So, if you're a, um, if you've got a business bone in your body, or you're a young, a, a new business, a young business, I'm not sure what the official title is, um, but this half hour is for you. And if you've got any questions or any thoughts, um, any problems, give me a text three nine two zero, and I'll put it through to our guest who joins me, Robert Hollis. He joins me from America, San Fran, near Silicon Valley. Uh, he is an entrepreneur, and he's got a bloody good business brain he joins me now good evening Robert
1: how are you mate good Um, to be back on
0: oh thank you so much for joining me again I've been looking forward to talking to you because um you you just sort of blew
1: my mind last week yeah it's what happens after the second whiskey Lloyd you see you just get into a role you start (laughs) talking about business you get excited next minute start a business there you go
0: I hope you got a whiskey um with you now have you
1: it's, I'm four hours ahead, so that would be an affirmative, <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. Well, um,
0: as I said earlier, if you've got any questions um, or any problems, give me a text 3920 and I'll um, put them through to Rebet. Now, Rabette, um, th- you've got a few things to talk about today. Uh, the first one that I've got on my list here um, is how a rags-to-riches story won't um, always build your business, won't be a good way of building your business. Now, that sort of comes as a surprise to me because I love a good rags-to-riches story.
1: Yeah, so I guess the, the interesting bit with this is when it comes to, I guess, marketing and sales, narrative is always a pretty key thing, right? Like, what's the story you're telling? How how are you doing it? But the problem that seems to be happening a lot, especially in this last sort of cycle on social media, is the the classic, you know, I was broken homeless and I had $2 in my pocket and in 30 days I made $100,000 totally passively or whatever it may be. The kind of the... the issue with it is <laughs> the reality is a couple of things one usually they sell they just try to sell you a course and then usually when they're making their millions of selling courses to people they're not actually really helping them build businesses and yeah, they kind of it's kind of like a uh, they go for the quick kill to try and upscale or upsell people who may not actually um know exactly what's going on with their business they just want to try and like let me just make a bunch of money really quick let me sort of do it and i think unfortunately that narrative of like rags to riches if they're usually selling products, it's kind of the glitz and glamoury sort of, it's a bit of smoke and mirrors for marketing that unfortunately, that we're seeing a lot of anyway in the in the social ecosystem right now. So it, it will usually go along the lines of, you know, I was broke, I made it, now I'm making all these millions of dollars. Here's a screenshot of my, my Stripe account or whatever it may be. You too can become a success with it, with my proven master sales formula 12 steps in its own, and then you click the link and it goes into a free little webinar. And then next thing you know, they're asking you for, you know, usually it's the number ends in seven. So like 997 for this course or whatever it may be. And so the first one is definitely, it's a little bit tricky, but um, the lesson would be any of these things that you see online that promise you something real quick, it never works. And unfortunately, it just sort of, um, it's a magnet for those that um. uh they want the quick win instead of the actual hard slog in the journey, which makes it pretty tricky, right? Because obviously everyone wants to be successful, but um, it's just the next wave that we've seen of kind of exploitation through storytelling, which is kind of unfortunate when you're passionate about commerce and creativity.
0: But the rags to riches um, kind of narrative is, is the basis of so many like good films and stuff that we go and see, like uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, that's probably a bad example, right? But, you know, The Social Network or um, Steve Jobs, you know, those kind of films in which you see people who are, who are carving out this amazing niche um, for themselves. Is that is that the kind of rags to riches stuff you're talking about or are you, are you talking about people trying to lure people into um, courses in which you learn nothing that, that's going to help you?
1: Well, it's both, right? Because the, this year, there are, most of the great stories are those, the, the overcoming of triumph. But, you know, the 1% of 1% that, I guess my um, warning for others, there are p- plenty and plenty and plenty of people that... Um, uh kind of going to try and sell the story to try and sell other stuff which gets a bit tricky but when it does at the end of the day you know when you've got a good product and do it your product sort of speaks for itself right like the story can come after as the byproduct but you know it doesn't matter how great the story is about your you know fried pan company if it's a crappy pan it's you don't care about the story if the product's crap you know yeah, so, yeah um it's just it's a bit of a tricky one because yes it works for those that you see at the top with the goods and the glamour but so many of it is just kind of been used and exploited so it's just a bit of a warning flake for businesses i guess when they're starting out to you know be careful who you you listen to and actually make sure they've actually done some stuff and they're not just trying to some crazy course to get you rich quick because it's the new digital um, version of that which we're seeing on social, which is getting pretty, pretty massive.
0: I've got a message in here, Robert, um, from a guy called Scotty who says, I've got an idea regarding tidal electrical generation. Um, what to do with it? I'm guessing he's not sharing the idea, but w- what do you do with idea? If you've got an idea about how to transform um, something like electricity generation with tidal generation, what yeah, do you interesting.
1: do? interesting totally so most of the times it's projects like this there actually have been a bunch of um studies specifically done with us using um i guess the um the tides coming in and out powering turbines underwater which then converts into um to electricity um i'd suggest actually, um, actually searching up for, i think there's a big study that was done in germany i think it was a few years back they tested this exact thing so what happens when someone's got an idea is 99.999 percent of the time someone else has tried or done something kind of similar and the great thing is most of those things exist on digital platforms so you can actually check. And another way to do it is you can instantly go into, you know, like um like Google Patent Search. They do a lot. You can um, search under different titles and phrases to actually see um, who's in that space that's done similar type of things. And then you can easily as well look under different um, investments that have come through um, for different startups where you can sort of track what money's being um, deployed where. So every time the, the classic will be, oh, I've got the greatest idea, it's going to be... Uber for dogs taking picnics in the hot air balloons or whatever it may be, right? It's like, (laughs) great, but have you actually looked at the actual market? Because most of the time as well is, you know, if you're in New Zealand and your bubble is, you know, and you're hanging out, you know, in the small little bubble... You may think that the idea um, is all original, but, you know, one click of Google and d- start doing some digging, usually you'll find some variant of a similar thing somewhere else in the world. And what usually happens is they haven't usually executed it well externally, and the market's kind of decided that too. So anytime there's ideas and stuff like that, definitely get on the Google, go into Google Patent search, um, search under, under um, to say, because what can also happen with these bigger companies, and the reality is, like, look, if you want to make power out of water, like, great but the reality is to build the infrastructure for something like that it's going to be at such a high level that usually most big, big players will come through usually try to buy out the patents and the ip and any sort of technology and sort of lock it into their own ecosystem as well so as much as you think the idea is good the danger that you can usually find is unless you can either secure the ip through patents and trademarks and whatever someone else can either push you around and that's when it starts to get a little bit um, dangerous for um for startups and founders um stuff like that so that's how you approach something like that regardless of what the idea is
0: okay so i guess this the idea the the advice here for scotty is go and have a check on the google patent search is that just like is that like google and the, is there a patent fe- feature or is there a special website for it
1: no you can just you know, search on the patents here there's a special um sort of site and page and then it um exists and it's all um, open and available because anytime the stuff gets done but there has been similar um projects done before and from what i have I think I remember reading about it was there wasn't enough power generated um, in, in uh, proportion to either solar or, or wind from some of the, from the amount of um, infrastructure it should cost to do. But this is from, I remember reading a few years back, but do some digging. Google Patents, that's the way to check it out. Okay, right. So go, on, go Scotty, go and
0: have a look on Google patent search. Have a look through there. See if you can find your idea. If it hasn't been done, what should he do?
1: That's it. Saying, and if it hasn't been done the yeah. sort of, I mean, well I know it has so I'm, I'm, like, it has been done <laughs> what <laughs> if he's got something. a magical idea
0: for title power though that he can't find in Google patent search
1: yeah perfect so if it's a, if it's a physical product best thing to do is obviously try and make one step if there's any p- proprietor in it. Usually the the, the, the toughest bit is trying to get that first thing done, because you're going to someone, and if it's going to be massive to do, then you're going to obviously need to, to raise, raise capital and talk to you know venture capitalists or different uh, family offices or private investors or angel investors or whatever it may be. So it depends what type of product, too. You know, if it's talking about a little widget for your shoe, I'm sure you could probably do that with some 3D modelling that you can get outsourced Right, but if you're talking about, hey, I want to do a massive turbine it's like well are you a scientist so you an engineer can you do up these plans you know all the rest of it you need to be able to show some type of leverage so the other side knows that you can go and execute it because you know it's one thing to have the idea but it's the second to actually be able to have the, the brain or the team or the talent or the technical expertise to actually go and be able to execute that. And the majority of people usually don't have the technical expertise to do it, you know, which is why technical founders, they call, which are kind of, you know, either programmers or designers or those, can actually do the, the smart engineering, technical, scientific stuff. They're a lot usually harder to find. Um, do things really well because they understand all the way down to the micro of what actually needs to, to happen so um, that's how you usually approach approach that.
0: Okay wonderful, I hope that advice helped you there Scotty um, and if you've got any other um, uh, questions for Robert um, give me a text 3920 let's move on to the, ne- the next topic here uh, is regarding um, small businesses investing in technology um and and i guess it's a big expense for them and it's a big investment for them so what what's your advice to small businesses who are looking at investing in a new um i don't know eftpos system or um some kind of web app or something like that
1: yeah so i mean the good thing about technology the speed that it's going what was i mean to to build let's just talk about websites for example right if you rewind back you know 10 15 years it would probably cost you you know Ten, twenty thousand dollars. One person would have to make one website line by line, code by code. Now you can just go on to you know Wix.com or, or Squarespace.com, and you can get free templates, and it's already automated. If you if you need designing, you can go to like Canva.com, and you can do great you know um, social media posting and design and scheduling. All of the different building blocks that you need, you can all basically get um, for. Subscription as a service on a monthly basis. So, you know, no longer, you know, when I first had websites, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, I had to have my own physical servers that were in a physical room at 300 Queen Street, there which I would hire <laughs> per month. You know, now you can just host it, you know, online on GoDaddy.com or, or um, First Domains or whatever it may be. So each of the building blocks all exists now, regardless what you're trying to build. And, you know, if you look at, you know, a big business like, say, say Amazon, the majority of people wouldn't actually realize that one of the highest performing um and profitable parts of the business is actually Amazon Web Services, which does a whole runs so much of the back end of the um the internet for all these big businesses. And you wouldn't even the average person wouldn't even realise it. But you know, the building blocks are all there. Don't ever try to replicate or build their you know, focus on your business and the product and what you do different and better than everyone else. And pl- plug in all the gaps. You just kind of think of it like you know, you're a, you're a hub of a wheel, and you're just going to plug in all these different spokes that you need. You know, you need an email client here, you need design there, and that's the way to do it. And then you you know you don't have big heavy um, over, um, costs in your business, and you can actually just kind of streamline and keep it simple. So, don't try to replicate what already exists. Leverage all the free te- the free technologies and, and products and services that exist. But also, you know, you don't um, focus on the business, not on the building blocks, because they, the reality is they're all there.
0: We're talking um, building a business and entrepreneurialism and advice we have for small business. And joining me to talk about this is Robert Hollis, um, who's over in the US. Are you still with us, Robert? Sure, I am ready, to, ready to buggy. Let's go. Oh, good man, good man. Um, so we're talking technology. Small businesses, um, investing in technology products for their business. How do they know which ones to invest in, and whether or not um that investment is actually going to be fruitful? Because there are so many products out there, um, at the moment, aren't there? And and they can be lured into them. You know, do they need an app? Do they need this? Do they need that? Do they need this latest um cashless, you know, um contactless? card swiping machine, you know, that type of stuff. So what would your advice to small businesses be about um, investing in technology products?
1: The greatest bit right now is the amount of, uh, you know, millions of users that are using the same products. So you can actually um, search up as well, you know, the specific actually reviews on each one, and they go by the hundreds, if not thousands, and there's websites which is are dedicated to doing almost like Yelp reviews or Yelp, uh, Google reviews for these different things. But the, the way... The way I've kind of tried, it when I've sort of navigated around different pieces of technology that I'll, I'll sort of integrate into various businesses, is each of the different, the best ones will give you a free trial to start with, whether it be a seven-day trial, a fourteen-day trial, thirty-day trial, whatever it may be. Usually, the hook will be, is they'll you sign up with your credit card info. After the thirty days, then it then it will um, you know kick off on a um, on a um, on a monthly basis or yearly basis. The way that these these companies are sort of structured is, you know, they want to have you as an ongoing customer. So there's so much competition with it. The reality is you can actually try and um, do demos of these products, ninety percent of them for free for at least, you know, two weeks to to, to a month. But one little tip is if you're gonna go down that route when you're signing up for them don't click the annual one if you don't know if you fully like it yet because what they will try and do is they say hey you know 10% discount if you do the annual fee but if it's 50 bucks a month you know 600 bucks a month 10% they're going to give you like $540 bill which is going to come through your account within 30 days which may not be the best for cash flow so always just start off on a month to month and it's all these services a month to month like that so you know don't get locked into anything big take the free trials and then if you can, um the best ones or some of the ones will give you um you know a free trial without having to put even put a credit card down. So you can really test it out, trial it out, and then um search from there. But all the reviews all exist. You know, there's been millions of companies go through and have gone through the same process. So um do a bit of digging and also a great way is you can check out um YouTube reviews on the different products directly and they talk through, you know, there are YouTubers which will literally talk you through the best pros and cons of each one. And go through it from there. So once again, you know, research is your best friend, and the greatest part is it's all free.
0: That is awesome advice. It's all about trials, free trials. Give it a, a trial for a month before you uh, properly invest. That is um, really good advice. Hey, can we quickly talk about um, th- this young Kiwi kid who sold his drinkware company, which is called Bellafort? Um, it's a pretty amazing story. A 13-year-old guy who um, who was out by his family pool one day, and and a glass broke, and so he thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to create. A company in which you get plastic glasses that they're super strong um, this guy 13 years old he's just sold this company for a million bucks it's pretty extraordinary
1: it was awesome right I absolutely lo- I absolutely love it you know the I don't think when he went for you know to do fucking bombs and his Paul he was thinking about starting a business but as soon as you know the glass smashed and he thought of something that he wanted to do the best ideas always come from when someone finds a problem that they actually have first they then think of a creative solution for their own problem and then a tribal form around others that have a similar problem of that exact same thing. So the best part about this is, you know, he had a problem himself. He built the solution for his own problem and then it instantly, you know, sort of scaled out and, and rolled from there, which was which was epic. You know, he's obviously living in Australia now, but New Zealand-born, sells it for a million bucks. Like, how cool is that? The dude doesn't even have a you know, driver's license yet and he's about to go buy a Tesla. <laughs> it's like the coolest thing ever. But w- what I think is, really interesting about that play was the exit was such a no-brainer because he plugged directly into someone who already had distribution they already had branding they already had a whole engine behind it and one of the smartest things you can do is when you're you know a small startup or a little pop-up thing what you know whatever it may be is you need to look at at the ecosystem in the marketplace and kind of the thing i always think about is you know like how do you get to like their sweet spot before they get to it because if you're the big fish and you're, you know, I think we talked about this last week, Lloyd, you know, if you're the big cruise ship, cruise along, you're not going that fast, and there's a small little speedboat that's making a bunch of noise and doing cool stuff, you know, the cruise ship wants to be the speedboat. And if you can get to the sweet spot of where they're at, you know, that's the best way to do it. And for them, it, I know what the conversation would have been. It's like, hey, let's say if we've got, you know, a couple hundred thousand customers, we can plug this straight in. We're going to sell 20,000, like five bucks a pop, whatever it may be. You know, the numbers stack up super quick. So from them, it's it's almost like a non-emotive, you know, commercial decision because it's going to be a new product which they can give to existing customers and plug straight into their supply chain. They can probably, I'm imagining, drill the price down crazy because they already have the existing manufacturing. So if you are them thinking about it, that's like a million bucks is nothing because over the long tail, if this has got a lifespan of, you know, 10, 15 years, or these more different bits and pieces, It's a layup, right? So, you know, props on the young buck. Absolutely love it. Super cool. And I think just the the lesson from it would be, you know, find an actual real life problem that you physically have in your real world. (laughs) Find out your solution for that thing. And then look at the market and see if a bunch of these products actually exist. And if they don't, and if a whole bunch of other people have similar problems. And they can't find something similar as well then instantly you've kind of you know almost validated a small mini market case of of what what may work or what what won't I think it's awesome
0: i lo- what I love about this story is that he's not reinventing the wheel you know it's not a you know it's not a a, a world changing idea it is something that is so simple and it solves um such a a problem that people do have all over the show and it's not super expensive
1: no exactly and these these opportunities are Absolutely everywhere the entire time, you know. There's a lot of people in this world, and there's a lot of problems. And you know, it's the same thing. You know, you want to be able to become a billionaire, solve a problem for a billion people. Super simple, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, last week we spoke about your um your website dial.org.nz. How's that going?
1: Pretty good, man. We're still in uh, be- uh, beta testing at the moment, so the goal is we're kind of you know, it's essentially if um, you haven't heard about it, it's a it's a free small business warrant of fitness in seven minutes you do a whole check through your business to see some different spots that you're doing good at and some um, spots that um, you may need to uh, think about to do better the whole goal of it is you know how do we try and make small businesses in new zealand more resilient you know you're talking about before lloyd that you know there's the majority of these new zealand businesses are small businesses it's like yeah 97 percent of all businesses in new zealand are small businesses with staff under 20. so over 530,000 small businesses in New Zealand, sole traders, entrepreneurs, small staff. Like, it's pretty important, especially now just with, the, you know, the challenges through COVID and lockdown and cash flow issues and everything, you know, they need to think about viability studies and where what parts of their business need support and help. And if you didn't have enough time to do it last year, if you just kind of sl- slacked off, now's the time to do it. So, you know, dial.org.nz, it's free, uh, you know, small business wine of fitness, and it's, um, it's there to basically help New Zealand companies become stronger and better and more resilient so you know more New Zealand businesses can win awesome and are you getting many hits on it yeah so far we're only we're only trying to get a thousand first through the door to to kick off with get a bunch of data we've got a bunch that we want to tweak and test and that's the whole thing you know when you're doing a startup too is you want to get the feedback what works what doesn't and so you know I'm in comms with people that testing and going through it and we're just at that spot right now so um, good start and you know I'd rather just get it rolling sweet and then you can put the, the gas on it with a bunch of big partners that have big databases, you know. So but it's a cool thing to it's just one one of the many, you know, cool things you can build and do and have a bit of fun along the way to help others. So it's all good.
0: Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for joining me and thanks for your advice. And uh, I'll let you go back and have a few more whiskeys. That's Robet Hollis, an entrepreneur uh, from, well, he's originally from New Zealand, but he's living over in San Fran. Uh, Check out dial.org.nz as well. It's pretty cool. If you're a small business owner, you can go in seven minutes. It'll check out uh, any blind spots, inefficiencies and limitations in your business. Pretty awesome. And all of it is free. And that is uh, what Robet has done, one of many things that he's done.